With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico and that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, the Chuck, the Chuck, the Chuck is on fire. (laughs) How you doing, Chuck? You've been sitting on that one for a while. Huh? Just since yesterday. We have actually have not recorded in two weeks, and I have a feeling that Josh has been planning that for two weeks. I just told you. I came up with it yesterday. I, I was listening to your sweet voice while I swept the uh, floors in my house. Okay. And um, When you think of dog hair, you think of me. I thought, like, uh, no. I thought it was your voice that made me think of you. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I thought, man, I've been opening up the show pretty boring-wise lately. Well, I'm glad you're talking about this now, then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chuck, how you doing? Good, sir. It has been a long time, hasn't it? Uh-huh. Okay, so, um, you know it's stealing season, buddy. Is it? Yeah, it pretty much kicks off in November and really goes up through the roof on uh, what Black Friday. It's much more difficult to steal during Cyber Monday. But, uh, right. yeah, Tis as Christmas season. comes around, people love to steal People love to hold people up with uh, guns, knives, threats of physical violence, that kind of thing. Wow, that's a this is inspiring. Yeah, it is. Um, and actually, it turns out that this stealing season will probably be worse than usual because there was a uh, report released um, called the Global Retail Theft Barometer. Okay. And it was released um, mid-November, a couple weeks back. The GRTB? <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. I know you are. <laughs> Um, and uh, it said that this year, um, businesses have lost, retail businesses have mm-hmm. lost $115 billion worldwide from, sh- from stealing, from theft. What, what's America? Do you have that? $45 billion. Wow, because in our article it says $10 billion. $10 billion is like an average, so that's a huge increase. It is, actually. I'll tell you what. Usually, um, the there, I guess there's an increase every year, and usually worldwide yeah, – sure. Uh, it increases by about 1.5%. I wonder if that's in direct relation to the cost of goods increasing. I th- that that actually does have something to do with it. Sure. In this Time article I read, um, this year, uh, 6% increase worldwide. Okay. And in America, North America, there's an 8.1% increase. Wow. So people are just stealing left and right. And they the, the uh, authors of this study, um, the Center for Retail Research, apparently uh-huh. talked to cops, talked to shoplifters, um, and said, you know, what's going on? They talk to shoplifters? Uh-huh. How so? Do you know? People who've been busted for shoplifting. Oh, okay. I thought you meant that had not been caught. No, they just hang around Macy's and are like, <laughs> you look like a shoplifter, you scuzzball. Or I saw what you did, and I won't report you if you answer these five right, questions. Exactly. <laughs> and give me a saw buck. Um, <laughs> what, what is that, a 20? 
Uh, I think we've gone over this before. I think it's a fiver. Uh, okay. So, um, or no, it's a ten. I bet we get some listener mail on this one. <laughs> I bet it's either a five or a ten. Um, so, Chuck, what they found from talking to these people is that there is an increase in um, the the perception that uh, companies are making off with all this money during while everybody else is having hard times, and so they they kind of feel justified in stealing. Gotcha. And they're seeing a, a much a rise in the middle class mm-hmm. stealing. People who can afford stuff and just aren't paying. Right. Um, and apparently this uh, this victimless crime, that's kind of another perception since yeah, you're stealing from a true. giant corporation. Uh, in the United States, we paid an extra 436 bucks a household in consumer goods prices. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Same with credit card they pass uh, the, fraud. Pass the shrinkage along, right? Yeah, same with credit card fraud. That's why I mean, not ex- that's not all why, but one reason why the interest rates are so sky high because people say I just charge a bunch of stuff and not pay it. Mm-hmm. Insurance fraud. It's Any just kind of it's fraud. just you know that stupid in- that stupid credit card company is going to take the hit. They're, the, but they don't. I know. Although you know they I mean? should. They but they don't they don't take a hit. They pass it all along. Of course they do. That's how it works. We're all slaves, Chuck. Suckers. Anyway, uh, somewhere in that. Those those statistics I just um, you know spewed out. <laughs> but um, there are a very tiny pop uh, percentage of that population that are kleptomaniacs. Wow! Whoa. I feel like I just gave birth to a watermelon, <laughs> a square watermelon. Yeah. Um, yes, Josh. Kleptomania is not exactly. In fact, it's not at all shoplifting. Shoplifting is the means by which you would perform your kleptomania. That's an excellent <laughs> definition, Chuck. And I've read this article, too, and I know that that was not in there. That was a CD I just, special. I just made it up. Yeah, good one. <laughs> so, Although I would say you could steal from anyone, and that would be kleptomania. It doesn't have to be a store. Yeah, but apparently um, it, it is generally stores. Really? Uh, or parties. But, yeah, if you're going to steal from another from an individual, it's usually at a party, I think. Right. Um, but it, it generally is retailers. Let's. What, what differentiates kleptomaniacs from shoplifters? Well, there's actually a definition as outlined by the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Right. That says that uh, they, they outline this criteria, Josh. The individual repeatedly fails to resist the impulse to steal items that are not needed for personal use or monetary value. That's right. number one. Yeah. Uh, the individual experiences tension before stealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tension is relieved after stealing. And the theft is not due to anger, revenge, delusions, hallucinations, or impaired judgment. Right. Um, and I think there's, yeah, there's one more. Uh, psychological disorders can't account for the stealing behaviors. Different other right. psychological disorders. Let's do a little play acting, Chuck. Oh, I love this stuff. Okay. Um, I'm going to be a kleptomaniac. Okay. You are going to be a tube of lipstick. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hold on. Let me get into character. <laughs> Man, you're you are a master. Okay, I'm there. Okay, all right. So I'm walking into the store and I'm you know looking for some sunglasses that I intend to purchase. And all of a sudden, I feel this horrible tension. My stomach is tight. I'm starting to sweat a little bit because I just spotted Chuck, the tube of lipstick, who is sitting there as an inanimate object. Because if you talk, then that's delusion and it doesn't count as kleptomania. So I'm looking at Chuck. I'm feeling this horrible tension. I know that I'm going to steal. I don't want to steal, but I have to because it's the only way to relieve the tension. So I've just grabbed Chuck and put him in my pocket. 
and I don't even wear lipstick. There's no explanation for this. I make it out of the store, and as I enter into the rest of the mall and start to feel like I'm not about to be caught, that tension goes away, maybe replaced with a little bit of a thrill, a kick, right? And then, boom, I get hit by this crushing guilt I've just stolen again. Not only have I stolen from something, from somebody, I have failed to yet again resist this overwhelming urge. So I take the lipstick and I go to my grandmother's house, who's now dead, but in the scenario she's actually alive, and I just put it in with the rest of her lipstick, go about my business, feeling generally bad about myself. Ta-da! Can I talk now? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it was a little weird being in your pocket. Yeah. Just let me say that. I liked it. Uh, but yeah, dude, you just hit on a lot of the major points. Uh, tension, relief of tension, a guilt, a rush, uh, giving away what you stole. Yeah. Stealing something you don't need. Or hoarding. Sometimes, hoarding. Um, yeah, it, a lot of times people will hoard it. Um, I read a case of a woman in the early 20th century who was caught shoplifting, upper middle class. Um, they caught her, went to her house and found all the stuff that she'd stolen with the price tags on it, clearly not used. So there's not a, no one, they don't use the stuff that they steal. I've got a hoarder for you, buddy. Let's hear it. This dude in uh, April of this year in Israel was busted. They went to his house and they found motorcycle helmets, um, watches, Louis Vuitton handbags, 150 pair of shoes, 200 pair of sunglasses, olive oil, laundry detergent, <laughs> all kinds of stuff unopened in this guy's house. Yeah. Literally stacked in, in every corner of the house from room to room. And uh, he admitted that he'd been shoplifting for a decade. Every time he went to a store, he shoplifted for a decade. And he clearly lived alone. And no, he has a wife and son. And uh, wow, he has a family who know how to keep their mouths shut. Well, this is the funny part, and of course, this is from an Israeli uh, newspaper. It says his wife and son are suspected of knowing of his activity, but doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a formal charge, but uh, he also was busted with a big um, roll of stickers that say like "paid for," "thank you for coming," that kind of thing. Oh, so yeah, wow. so he would. That was part of his deal. He would go in there and like put that on his big TV box or whatever. I wonder if that disqualifies him as a kleptomaniac, though. I don't think so. Why? Because he pre-planned it. Uh huh. Because mm. one of the things is that it always um, an impulse. Freudenrich is that how we say his name? Yes. The author of this article, uh, PhD. No, no Freundlich, isn't it? No. I thought it was Craig Freundlich. I, no, there's no L. Oh, there's not? Uh-uh. I totally invented that. Okay. I've been reading it that way for two and a half years. We're going to call him Dr. Freud. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dr. Freud pointed out that um, people who are kleptomaniacs, true kleptomaniacs, or I th- from what I gather, we don't call them kleptomaniacs. We call them people with kleptomania. Right. Don't go into a store intending to steal. They don't go to steal. They're just overcome by the impulse uh, when they're okay. in a store. Yeah, that makes sense. The other thing that makes that guy hinky as a candidate for uh, a person with kleptomania is that he's a man. Yeah, women more often, and this is a little hinky too, but women are, are more often diagnosed with kleptomania, but that is slanted a little bit because I think it said that women are less likely to admit to it or to report it to like their psychiatrist, that kind of thing. Uh, no, men, well, that's who's, true too, men who steal go to prison, women who steal well, get psychiatric evaluations. Yeah. So that that could definitely slant sure. the population. But traditionally, um, people think that kleptomania uh, is a feminine disorder. Yeah. You ever seen the ice storm? No, I need to. Oh, really? 
Uh, Dude, that's a great movie. Uh, <laughs> you said that shamefully. I, I do feel kind of ashamed, actually. The There's mother so and daughter, uh, Joan Allen and Christina Ricci, both shoplift in that film at separate times. Oh, and I you're think talking she steals about lipstick. Heartbreakers. <laughs> that's Sigourney Weaver and um, what's her name? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the Ice Storm. I don't think. I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I think Joan Allen actually steals lipstick. There you go. Maybe that was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of my favorite movies. Uh, yes, Josh. Uh, early teens and 20s, if we're talking more about the pattern, is usually when it begins. Yeah, but it can run up to, uh, I think they found kleptomaniacs uh, in their late 70s. Yeah, didn't we do a story about Japanese elderly that are stealing <laughs> yeah, just so they'll get caught and like mm-hmm. have a friend? <laughs> yeah, they're so lonely they're trying to basically make friends with the police yeah. by being arrested so that's not kleptomania that's just shoplifting uh and i don't know i was thinking about when i saw that in the late 70s um i thought of that seinfeld episode where jerry finds out that his parents steal batteries and in turn finds out that almost all elderly people steal batteries yeah yeah that's good yeah for their tip calculators is that what it's for (laughs) the the willard i'm ruined (laughs) (laughs) you know another thing josh is uh (laughs) You, you hit on it again with your little play acting. They usually steal stuff they can afford and stuff like shampoo it listed mm-hmm. and sunglasses are big. And uh, they like famously Winona Ryder, Winona Horowitz, excuse me. No. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. That's her name. I had no idea. She famously stole several thousand dollars from Saks Fifth Avenue. 5000 I think. Yeah. She can definitely swing that. Yeah. And I don't know. If it ever came out that they did, they ever plead kleptomania or anything with her? Did they no, no, uh-uh. just quietly tried to you know pay their fine and yeah, and that that uh, brings up a pretty good point. Is a kleptomania defense is really really hard to prove or to successfully get off on. It is. You know why? Why? Uh, well, your defense lawyer must argue win the argument that there was no reason for you to steal it, right. no financial gain, no right. revenge. they got to prove all those things beyond a reasonable doubt, first of all. Yeah. That's one. You, you want to follow up? Well, I know that the uh, the Justice Department doesn't recognize kleptomania as a defense, so if you're right. up for federal charges, don't even try it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's like the Americans with Disabilities Act. That's mm-hmm. in legislation, so right. good luck. Uh, and so, Chuck, kleptomania. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Is it an actual disease? Should it be covered in the Americans with Disabilities Act? Should the DOJ finally open up their eyes and be like, okay, okay, there's right. such a thing as kleptomania? Well, we don't know for sure. There's uh, Some people think it's like tagged on to other psychological disorders. Like what? Like obsessive, compulsive, uh, or personality and mood disorders. Okay. So it may... Possibly. Like it could be a symptom... Yeah. Or uh, a byproduct mm-hmm. of a larger disorder, right? Yes. Okay. But by and large, it's classified as an impulse control disorder, like gambling mm-hmm. or pyromania. Fire starting, awesome. Uh, yeah. Or uh, trichotillomania. Yes, trichotillomania. trichotillomania. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, obsessive hair pulling. Yeah, I wonder if that means pulling your own hair or other people's. Probably both. I don't know. Huh, that's an excellent question, actually. Jerry and it funny. got our producer Jerry giggling, so you know it's, gonna, it's a good funny. one. Yeah. So it's either a uh, a symptom of a larger disorder or right. it's its own impulse control disorder. Um, one of the reasons we don't know is because 
treatments um, for kleptomania are hit or miss. Yeah, and they haven't studied it a lot. And the other thing is, like, it hit me, like, everything else with the brain, it's still sort of a mystery. It is, and one of the reasons why they have had trouble studying kleptomania Uh is finding kleptomaniacs. Like, I found a a study from 2002 that was just getting off the ground at Stanford, and um, these people were looking for 24 kleptomaniacs for their study, and were having to go on TV, radio, everywhere to try to find, like, true kleptomaniacs. And one of um, this guy who was quoted in a, in this article on the study, um, a guy named Will Kupchik, which is a pretty cool name if you ask me. Agreed. He's a Toronto psychologist. He said, um, in the 450 cases I've assessed, probably only one or two of the people were actual kleptomaniacs. Really? We're talking about a very, very small, fascinating part of the larger population. Didn't they? I think I saw somewhere in the article they, they said maybe 5% of psychiatric patients yeah. admit to being or are diagnosed as kleptomania. Right, and and you just uh, you, you revealed something else, too. I think a lot of it is admission. I sure. mean, like, remember when me, the play-acting kleptomaniac, mm-hmm. left and, and went into the mall, I was crushed by guilt. I remember that. And I wanted to get the object away from me. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. The desire to uh, keep this secret, I, I think, probably keeps a lot of people from coming forward. Yeah. So we have no idea how large or small this population is. But I think from people who examine shoplifters, they find that the actual kleptomaniacs among them are a very small population. Right. Um, You know who has studied it? The University of Minnesota School of Medicine. Yeah. Specifically, uh, psychiatrist John Grant. And he studied the brain. And there are a few little – he posits a few theories here. One is that a a defect in a molecule that transports serotonin – might be messed up. Yeah. Well, not the defect was messed up. It would clearly be messed <laughs> up if it was a defect. If the defect is messed up, then you're <laughs> A-OK. Uh, potentially head trauma could cause something like this. It could damage the circuits uh, in the frontal lobes. Right. That could maybe happen. And uh, decrease in the fine structure of white matter in the frontal lobe. But it's right. all in the frontal lobe. Right. And the limbic system, which, as of course we know, is the brain's reward center. Uh-huh. Um, so that's in the frontal lobe, right? Which also controls, um, impulse uh-huh. or the frontal lobe controls impulse mood. There you have it, dude. Yeah. So clearly it, sh- it, it could be its own disorder in yeah. the frontal lobe, Something's right? Something's going on up there. Um, so did we say that, uh, treatments don't work all that well? Like, um, sometimes, uh, SSRIs yeah. work, but not all the time. Right. Cognitive, um, therapy works sometimes. You want to talk about some of the cognitive therapy? Yeah, the, you know, cognitive therapy cracks me up a it's, little bit. Yeah. It's like snapping a rubber band on your wrist when you have like an impure thought. Right. Um, covert sensitiz- sensitization, Josh, is when a patient uh, wants to steal and then all of a sudden you're, you're trained to imagine the consequences, which to me, that's like, I thought that's what you're just supposed to teach people. It's like, um, no, it's like, like you'll get in trouble spraying you... a cat in the face, like every time it does something you don't want with a little water yeah. bottle. Yeah. Psst, psst. Uh, aversion therapy, that is if you feel the urge to steal, you will be told to do something like holding your breath until it's literally painful. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the one that's yeah, like spraying that's a cat in the face. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you are right. With that. The covert sensitization, that is kind of what we as humans should be walking around doing at all times, right? Yeah, thinking about the consequences of your actions. Sure. Uh, and then the last one they use is uh, systematic desensitization, which is uh, relaxation therapy and substituting relaxing feelings instead of the urge to steal. 
all of those are probably um, the most difficult thing a kleptomaniac will ever attempt, too. I found another little study, though. Let's hear it, Chuck. In April of this year, they uh, started a test where they gave uh, kleptomaniacs or kleptomania. What do we call them again? Those with kleptomania? People with kleptomania. <laughs> I guess no one wants to be called a maniac in any way. Uh, they they <laughs> studied. They got 25 habitual thieves, men and women, between 17 and 75, and they gave them the drug naltrexone which is what they give alcoholics and drug addicts to curb their their bad behavior. Is that the stuff that makes your hangover really, really bad? I think so. It's supposed to quell those impulses, and it kind of worked. Um, after eight weeks, they found that two-thirds of the uh, people who had not given the uh, placebo had no urge to steal, and only like 8% that had the placebo did. So They also ate their vegetables and went to bed when they were told yeah. to. It's a be good drug. Yeah. We could use that, Chuck. Is that it? Almost. Okay. We, we're going to travel back to the beginning now, or this should have been at the beginning. Okay. Uh, kleptomania was, um, I think it first appears in literature in uh, 397 CE. Okay. Uh, St. Augustine admitted uh, to uh, lusting to thieve. Boy, St. Augustine was something else. He really was. Uh, if he existed at all. Sure. Um, and then it ends up in the medical literature in 1816. A Swiss physician by the name of Matthew wrote of a unique madness characterized by the tendency to steal without motive and without necessity. There you have it, 1816. Yep. And then Freud came in and said that had something to do with penis envy. No right. no kidding. And now it's a 45, well, not just a kleptomania, but shoplifting is a $45 billion in this country. Yeah. Took off Hit. from 1816 to 2009. Jeez. It's good stuff. All right, well, that's kleptomania. If you want to know any more, you can read uh, the article by our own Dr. Freud um, uh, by typing in kleptomania. Remember, it begins with a K uh, in the handy search bar at howstuffworks.com. And since I just said that, of course, dear friends, this means listener mail. Josh, I'm just going to call this Hippie Rob followed up woo your old buddy hippie should you say something about hippie rob well let's wait till after okay uh hi josh and chuck i like them when they start that way i don't normally write into <laughs> tv shows or radio shows etc but i've heard josh talk about hippie rob and at the end of the hangover podcast he mentioned that he wanted to hear from people who knew of his whereabouts i do in fact know a hippie rob and wanted to offer my knowledge of this person to determine if it was the same Hippie Rob. And I've seen this email, and I know that it's a real Hippie Rob because he capitalized the H and the Rob. <laughs> the Hippie Rob I know is originally from Vinyl Haven, Maine, a medium side, a medium size island off the coast of Down East, Maine. They say things weird up there, Down East. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, his full name, I didn't say his full name here, but it's Robert Blank. And uh, he has thick blonde dreadlocks. The sure telltale sign of a hippie. Sure. He was about 5'10 and never talked about his age, but I would put him in the upper 30s and possibly lower 40s in 1998. Mm -hmm. He loves coffee, hates alcohol, and he mentioned one of his other habits that he loves, which we're not going to mention on the air, but his name is Hippie Rob, so fill in the blanks. Right. Uh, he squatted at my apartment in Portland, Maine, the summer of 1998. This is so close. <laughs> at the time, he was living off of Social Security from a quote, permanent work-related accident. I think we've all known a hippie, Rob. Yeah. Uh, but something told me that his permanent disability was not physically related. I would see him every few summers in Maine, and he would shoot the breeze. We would shoot the breeze while drinking coffee. 
and doing other things. He was a terrible mooch. I know that he loved to travel the warm places in the winter, with his favorite being Hawaii. And uh, if you read this on the air, could you give a shout-out to my girlfriend, Kristen, who is an amazing sport about me listening to the podcast. Galen from Portland, Maine. So, Josh, is it Hippie Rob? No, there's a couple of things missing here. It is so close. I mean, the age. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing is, is no one knows the origin of the real Hippie Rob. Okay. No one knows where Hippie Rob's from. Dreadlocks? Uh, he does, yes. Okay. Um, he uh, and he is blonde, although you would say more like strawberry blondish. Sure, not true blonde. Um, has beard, kind of a little guy. Uh, in 1998, he would have been late 30s or so. World class mooch. Oh man, big time. Yeah, we used to like you know we'd buy beer and we'd buy Sierra Nevada beer, and Rob mm. didn't have any money for a while, and then he'd get paid and. Um, he, it'd be his turn to buy the beer, and he'd buy like a twelve pack of Milwaukee Beast Ice, and we'd be like, "This does, this is not the same, Rob." Right. Um, it, it, there's a dog missing, and this is a very key point. The dog Sedona. I'll have to tell you about him sometime. Okay. Uh, he's a wolf dog named Hi- Sedona. Hippie Rob owned. Yes. Okay. No, these they were best friends. There was no. Of course, he has a there. wolf dog. Exactly. That's so appropriate. That he's best friends with. Um, and then the real giveaway was that Hippie Rob loved. Alcohol, right? That he would never. Even now, he could have given up booze. No one would. No one would say Hippie Rob hates alcohol. He just doesn't drink it anymore, and he probably still does. Hippie Rob loves alcohol. So so that was the one distinct. That was the telltale giveaway. All right. So not Hippie Rob, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, I guess if you know where Hippie Rob is, I've revealed some more clues here. Send us an email. We still want to know. We're looking for him. And uh, is it Kristen or Kirsten Chuck? Uh, in the email, Galen's girlfriend? Uh, Kristen. Kristen, special thanks to you for letting Galen listen to us. We appreciate that. Uh-huh. Uh, if you have any cool stories about your significant other letting you do something um, that you want to do, uh, put it in an email. Also, if you know where Hippie Rob is, we want to hear that too. Uh, you can email Chuck and me at all times at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. In business, first impressions are everything. And that's why every business owner needs to know about Ruby. Ruby is the virtual receptionist company who screens, transfers, and takes messages 24-7, all while making your customers feel special. You definitely don't want to hire a subpar front desk person. And with Ruby, they engage with your callers in a conversational way, just like your best employee would. Never miss another customer call again. This year, make your business the best it can be. Visit ruby.com today. Or just call them at 844-900-RUBY.